Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, just a, a lot of celebration that we've got here. We're going to have some of a look back to be able to celebrate this, the 500th episode of the podcast, uh, as you will hear and as we will share a little bit from the vault. It has not always been the Cover 3 podcast. This is 500 going back to episode one of the 24-7 Sports College Football podcast. Tom, of course, you are also part of the SEC on CBS podcast and the Eye on College Football podcast and then the CBS Sports College Football podcast. But it really felt like a, a new era uh, once we rebranded with a, the good help of our partners at 24-7 Sports, uh, the the arranged marriage of, uh, of Barton Simmons and Chip Patterson that did end up flourishing. We wish that Barton, now the uh, general manager of Vanderbilt Football, could be a part of this as well. But don't you worry, uh, he will make some appearances from some clips that we've got from the history of the show. We asked for some of your questions, so it is going to be like an extra special mailbag episode. We've got National Signing Day uh, conclusion or the recap coming on Wednesday. And then at the end of the week where we would do a mailbag, we're actually going to have something special looking at all the college angles of the Super Bowl. So we figured that uh, we could take the celebration. We take the mailbag and, uh, and, and have a lot of fun here. So um, first of all, uh, Bud, Tom, gentlemen, how are we doing here on this Monday afternoon? I'm very sore. Oh, shoveling? Most the, yeah. Spent most of the last three days shoveling a lot of snow. So I'm, I'm sore. I can't relate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although, Tom, we, we do have a cold front coming through Orlando tonight. Um, it, it, I, I just got a wind chill warning on, on my weather bug app. So a, a wind chill warning. It's going to get down into the 30s tonight. So this Ooh. is going to be a, a test of our, our, our central heat. The uh, the mid into the 30s is when you really start to, to see what your insulation is like in that house. Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah. much. I, back in our old house in Fort Myers, like it... it I wasn't even sure the heat works. We, I don't think we turned it on for a whole year. And then like the one year it did get pretty cold. So we, we, we cut it on. Uh, it's just different. Yeah. How often does it reach the thirties? Uh, it freezes like a couple times per winter. Uh, it, yeah. It's just, we, we had a weird, like the weekend was awesome because we, we, we were between cold fronts. Uh, so we, we had two days that were in like the sixties and seventies, maybe a little tick of low eighties. And then, you know, boom, right back to be in Florida cold uh, for this week. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and start things off with some questions. This one comes from Cody. Cody says, love the pod. Describe what your dream college football Saturday at home consists of. Uh, I'll let you add any flourishes that you want, but the specifics that Cody has asked for are your dream matchup, what kind of food, 
Uh, I'm, I'm also thinking the, the setup maybe at the house. Um, I, it, who would like to go first? Am I working? No, I'm putting myself in the fan perspective, though okay. sometimes those can uh, align because I, I do think the good split. Working, I don't, I don't love when the 8 p.m. is the biggest game. I don't, yeah. you know, it's just, it's going to back up everything through the night. I would really prefer, uh, having the, the big game in the, in the three thirty spot and then whatever's on at eight o'clock, have it be something that's entertaining and engaging, but also I can, I can start to, to work my way to bed. Right. You know, like, or not to bed, but to like the conclusion of the day for us, we've got the instant reaction podcast, but for a social only reason when the biggest game is in that eight o'clock PM Eastern time window. And we're really able to take this from like an all day cooking affair, because I, I would like to have some kind of a slow cooked meat situation involved. I would like for it to involve many friends, of course, things that from the before times that I just miss in general. And so to be able to have like a you know, a 2 p.m. arrival at the house, friend's house, or 2 p.m. the friends show up at your house to have just standing around the meats, smelling the meats, getting ready for the game, talking about the game, and really have it be, you know, uh, everything's well-stocked enough that by the time the game actually starts, maybe like half the crowd is, you know, maybe not all that clued in, <laughs> checked into the game. So it's just kind of a, a nice bubbly atmosphere. So I I like it with the 8 p.m. game. I don't just say Bama LSU just because it'd be something that's uh, that that deserves that kind of pageantry. I would like for it to involve slow-cooked meats, and uh, and that definitely stands, uh, obviously, against our working time where uh, I, I like it better early in the day so that we can get ready for our podcast. Yeah, my ideal working Saturday is I have to live blog a game at noon. Mm -hmm. That game is pretty much over by the third quarter. So that way I can get everything written up. And then as soon as the game's over, I could file and be done and then just get on with the rest of the day. And also you're not working a late game or you don't have to do HQ after the late game. So that way we could start the recap pod <laughs> before 1 a.m. So that's a that's the ideal work. It's day. a two prong. I need Chip to not be on HQ late, and I want to get my work done early. And you've yeah. hey, you've been a sport uh, before, especially with like travel, like you know, staying up for you know three a.m. podcasts from Austin. Like you've you've done a you've been a real trooper for that. I appreciate that. waiting waiting for you and Barton to get back from the bar. <laughs> no as far as yeah my actual like if it's a saturday off mine's not all that different from yours I, it's i want meats slow cooked fast cooked whatever grilled i don't care smoked whatever i just want some good meats i want some good drinks some good friends and if the game is good even better i'm, I'm right there with you guys like some some ribs or some pulled pork obviously that like that's that's pretty key. Uh, I'm not like a, I don't want to like grill a steak, you know, like, like to yeah. me, it's more like, like, like something you can, you can eat while you're standing up. So maybe some, some barbecue nachos or something like that, you know, some, some good drinks, preferably very cold drinks since I'm down here in Florida and it's, it's pretty hot. Um, I, I kind of want it to be a little bit smaller of a gathering or at least have two rooms, right. Where the people who don't really care about the game, can be watching like or can be chatting and uh, that kind of stuff because if, if I'm watching my team, I don't want a whole lot of other people around. You know what Ooh. I mean? Like I, 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 I like to look in like 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 just kind of kind of lock in, you know, because you, you get all these folks. Especially because now, like, if you're just watching a, a game to enjoy it, and people know you work in the sport, 
they're hitting you with all these questions and they're like, what's the first down? Like, like, okay, you you guys go to that room. (laughs) All right. Like this is kind of like, like the the Thanksgiving table where you have the adult table and the kids table. Uh, Um, You, you want to be in the like uh, serious only, like it's gotta be a, a certain level of respect for the flow of the game because in a in mixed company of which I'm willing to entertain, like I'm, I'm willing to give up some of that for uh, just sort of the camaraderie where I know I'm not going to be as dialed into it. When you do get a room of nothing but the people that are in it, they know when to talk, right? That's what it comes right. down to is knowing at what points, even if the game is on and like we're not in commercial, you can still talk because it's just sort of understanding the rhythms of a football game. Uh, it, it takes watching a lot of football to be understand when those moments are and when you can interject. And there's always, there's always the one person like that. Just it's usually like somebody's new boyfriend. That's it's their first time in the group setting with all these people. And they're just trying to be like, all right, I need to f- find a way to relate to these people. You know, maybe they don't, they aren't huge football fans, like you said, but they're like, okay, well, what is this? Okay. Now is what's he going to do here? What's going on now? It's like, just, just shut up and watch, bro. I'm not here to teach you. I like catching, uh, a, a smarty pants who doesn't know who I am or what I do when you're watching. Like this guy has already decided he's going to be the sports information alpha at the party. <laughs> and he's maybe assing it up a little bit, you know, just going, going over the top. I, I get even more quiet. I'm like, Oh boy, I'm just going to sit here and watch this. No, no corrections for anybody. You know, anything that's off just like, Oh, okay. Oh, really? Cool. 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 Mm, interesting. Especially like when you know the coaches that they're talking about and and the recruits who they're like, huh? Okay, I I, I guess I'm not a member of that Facebook group. <laughs> the flip side of that though is like sometimes if you go to somebody else's party and you are the sports person, so then like you're literally getting asked like a thousand questions about everything, and you're just like, uh, I I don't know, I just just I'm just here to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to, especially if I'm doing it in a in a fun setting, I'm I'm willing to sacrifice any expertise so that I can enjoy myself a little bit. Like I don't I don't need to be out here providing the explainers for everyone. Yeah, uh, like I, I'm not bringing my laptop and trying to like live bet these games if I'm going to somebody's house. Right. You know, if it's at my house, I might say like, hey, I'm going off my office for 20 minutes, so right. I, I, I can fire off a couple of these second, shots. You know, yeah, and, a couple and second half bets or something like that. Because you got to know like like what you got to know. It's it's context dependent. Right. 100%. Hold on, guys. I, I got a text. I got an answer. Right. <laughs> like, could you, could you imagine what, what, what your wife's reaction is? Like, hey, hold on. I got, I got to pull out the laptop here. What, what's your Wi-Fi password? Which, I mean, good Wi-Fi. If you're trying to second screen, if you're at somebody else's house, like you're trying to watch a better game and, and maybe they're fans of, I don't know. I don't want to pick a team here and offend them, but like maybe some team that you don't really want to watch. Um, these are all important. Good Wi-Fi. Uh, all right. This next question comes from... Barton Simmons. Barton asks, how many times has Danny Cannell been punched? I have reached out to Danny for a specific answer on this. He did not respond. Danny is in Tampa covering the Super Bowl. He will be hopefully on later this week for our Super Bowl show. So we can ask him this again. I think he was just trying to avoid the question. You know, said it got delivered. He's dodging the tough questions. How many punches? This is still part of the question. How many punches has Chip Patterson thrown and who would win in a fight between Bud Elliott and Tom Fernelli? I'll start off and uh, 
the punches that I have thrown have mostly been body blows with friends. Like I have not squared up against an antagonist and thrown a punch. The closest I ever, ah, I mean, there might be like group fights where I was just like, you know, just coming in over the top. But I'm talking like a one-on-one. I thought about all the times that I've like really squared up against, again, a true antagonist. And I I have gone uh, quick wit over quick fists and talked my way out of getting my ass beat. (laughs) (laughs) Handful of times, maybe. Like, you know, you do this number, I like, hey man, I don't want to fight you. I do not want to fight you. And I have had the advantage of having some big friends, but the busted lip, the body blows, like I fought my sweet mate, uh, freshman year. Like I've, we used to do this thing in high school where we had the oversized boxing gloves and, you know, we would just basically pass them around at parties and you would just square up there. But I think we had no headshots as a rule. So I've thrown a lot of punches, but again, it's mostly scrapping it out with friends, either in a um, roughhousing kind of way or in, in an organized violence kind of way. I don't think I've looked somebody in the eye that I really hated and like thrown a punch at their face. Bud, you can go. What, I mean, when's the last time you guys were actually in a fight? 15 years ago, probably. No. I mean, I was in a lot in college, and I haven't really been in many since. I'm trying to remember when the last one was. Probably about 15 years ago. That's about the same. Yeah. Were you like the center of the fight? Like, were you one of the people that was like in in the ring, the other people that were there? This was your fight to fight? That, that's I'm, what I'm saying, yeah. 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 I'm a peacekeeper. I will say that. I've never started a fight. I've been in plenty of them. But I, I always tried to, you know, I'm, I was like you, Chips. Like, hey, there's no need for this. Hell, at your own wedding, I stopped a fight. That that was my that was my role. At, afterwards, like afterwards, yeah, yeah. not at, not, at, not during the wedding, <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards at the party afterwards. But uh, yeah, no, I've been in a lot of fights, um, some one on one, some group settings. Yeah, if I was. It was normally with. Uh, either exes or current boyfriends that wanted to beat me up. So I was normally in a place of wrong from the beginning, which is why all those words like, Hey man, nah, Hey, listen, my bad. I didn't know. I'm sorry. My bad. Sorry. It's cool. I'll, I'll go over this way. All right. So who wins in the fight between uh, bud and Tom? Well, no offense, but I win because if I don't think I can win, then I'm not going to win. That's how fighting works. That's the secret. If you don't think you can win the fight, because really, Unless you're fighting a professional, most people don't get knocked out during fights. That stuff happens in professional fights. It's just who can sit there and take it the longest. So a lot of that is just your willingness to be in it. So if if you don't have the mental, like, if you're not in a mind frame to want to be in it, you're not going to win a fight. So you have to think you're going to win. But I will say, what was the name of the person who asked the question? Barton Simmons? Yeah. That is definitely the name of somebody whose ass I could kick. (laughs) Barton. Like, come on, that guy's never won a fight in his life. (laughs) Um, All right. Speaking of Barton, uh, this was from... Oh, bud. Bud, you could be... I don't get to respond to this? Yeah, I was going to say. What, are we going to go to commercial or something? So I... We we did the tail of the tape today in in, in the cover three slack room. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tom's got me by seventy one pounds, and we are both <laughs> six foot two. So it, look, honestly, most fights I think 
are won by kind of who throws the sucker punch, right? Like, like, like that. That's oftentimes the best shot. If you watch any dudes fight, like that's a lot of times the best shot you get in, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's person not coming. You're swinging hard and quick, like, like you're you're going. So, I may have the quickness advantage. I I don't want to catch a, a, a couple strays from you know some dude who's six two two eighty five. And and I, I got Tom on my screen. He looks like he's in pretty good you know two eighty five shape. So, ah, man, I. A lot of it, like, where, where is this fight? We, we, we close quarters fighting. Like, like, can, can I jump? Not that I'm quick, but like, I mean, I, but you got to bet on yourself here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what, what, what kind of grown ass man are you if you're, if you're not going to bet on yourself? So, of course, I'd knock Tom out. There you go. See, that's all it, you got it. You got to think you're going to win. Right. I mean, you wouldn't, but you got to think you will. <laughs> hey, guys. Whoa. Hey, Tom, Tom, Tom. Hey, 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 hey. Listen, we don't want to fight. I don't want this. That's the thing, too. Like, with most fights, like, they're generally broken up pretty quickly, right? right? It's, it's hard to lose a fight. It's hard to win a fight because by the time that you really get into a spot where somebody can win, you've usually been separated. It's very rarely that everybody's just like, Whoa, it's not like a movie. All right. We just, we got to let him go. Yeah. Again, like all the punches that come to mind are against friends where somebody said something else, something got out of control, people started pushing, then you start wrestling, then like body blows are going as you're just like, one person's got him by the throat, so then you throw body blows to try to get him off you. The only time that I feel like I've popped somebody in the mouth, it wasn't even with the intention of busting his lip. It was just that like people had me pinned down and were messing with me, and so I just had to wriggle out and Ga-ga! just get him real quick. I, I did knock one guy out once. Sheer luck. Why is it luck? Because I, I think I started telling this story on the podcast once. I got jumped by two guys. This is when I was in college. I was walking home at like 4.30 in the morning. Where I was walking home from and why at 4.30 in the morning, I'll let you guys figure out on your own. But I was about a block and a half or so from my apartment. And there were these other two guys coming the other way down the street. And like they stopped and asked me like, hey, man, can, can I buy my cigarette? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I, I go and I'm pulling out my pack of cigarettes. And the one guy just hold, holds off and like punches me like right in the side of the head. And at first I was like, <laughs> like, my, like what the fuck? <laughs> what, the, what the fart <laughs> so then i just like look and he stuck he's like starting to come back and throw another punch at me so i just responded and just sheer instinct punched him right in the jaw knocked him out and i feel like the guy he was with had no idea that this was going to happen either because he was just looking to me like with like a i had i uh-huh what i don't know what's going on look on his face so then i just started punching him <laughs> and then he eventually he ran off and left his friend lying out cold in the street and then i did the only thing i could think of which was well i'm a block and a half from home i'm gonna go home now and i quickly took my ass home <laughs> before the guy got up off the ground oh we we did get jumped in Hawaii. I, I got I got to amend my statement. This was not 15 years ago. We we were in a a kind of a not scary, but like you realize uh, we 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 got to get out of here pretty quick. Type and we were we were in Hawaii for a wedding, and it was me and my brother in law and, and this one other guy. And I don't think my brother in law started it, but he definitely didn't fail to talk some smack back at the locals. And it was it was like a local bar that was by our hotel in Hawaii. And it just in hindsight, it was probably not the best place to go. Uh, and like you look around, there's a lot of dudes who seem to know the guys that, that are that are swinging on us, and like, bro, we we, we got to get the hell out of here. Like now, this is, uh, you know, because you're also like you're flying there, right? Like you know what they know? We're not local. We don't have guys yeah. got like I don't know what they got, but but it's it's certainly equal or, or greater than what we got. So, um, yeah, we all took a couple there. Oof. Uh, all right, this was from the very first episode. 
to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And now for the first time, it is my privilege to introduce you, the lucky listener, to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. I am Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, my co-host right there. Barton, I am fired up for this. We have a rockin' intro. We've got the big voice that announces us. Dog, we are so official right now. Dude, you're coming with the heat right from day one. I love the energy. I'm ready to roll. The brass section in our intro gets me so fired up. Um, let, let's talk some football, man. It's- you just got back from the opening, and the opening is uh, out in Oregon, one of the biggest recruiting weekends, and the buzz name is quarterback Justin Fields. This is uh, a five-star quarterback who is, according to the 24-7 Sports Crystal Ball projections, just talking to all the big dogs, you know, yeah. just feeling it out. So that means yeah. we're going to have all those fan bases talking about Justin Fields all through the fall uh, until he finally puts pen to paper on National Signing Day. So, dog, like, okay, the first claim that I need you to to sort of unpack for the audience, is this the best quarterback that they've seen at the opening? Chip, look, I know this is show number one, and I don't want to come off as hyperbole guy. You know, that's not me. But but, th- but here I go. This is the rare <laughs> instance when uh, this kid is, in my opinion, I just watched the best quarterback performance in a camp setting that I've ever seen since I've been doing this, and that's 10-plus years. Um, the the opening is is held in conjunction with the Elite 11, and, you know, so I've seen all these Elite 11 guys come through. Um, I saw the, the year where Sam Darnold and, and Josh Rosen and, and that loaded class came through. Um, I saw the year where, where Jameis Winston just came out guns blazing, this is the best showing I've ever seen. I mean, wow. this kid was unreal. He, he was, uh, you know, just in total control the, the whole time. You kind of alluded to it, the crystal balls all over the place. Like, this is that rare occasion. I mean, so often now that the big-time quarterbacks, they get committed early and they start recruiting for the team and, and, and they're, they're locked in. <laughs> we, we've got a kid, uncommitted, former Penn State commit, decommitted. He's out of the state of Georgia. We've now got potentially, and I won't spoil it because we still got some decisions to make on the rankings, but potentially the number one player in America at the quarterback position, uncommitted with Florida, Florida yeah. State, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, all the big dogs chasing him. So, I mean, if you're one like the, that's in the recruiting drama, man, this kid has got as much drama as we've seen this late in the process at the quarterback position as you're going to find. I mean, this has got all the makings of just being a – uh, uh, somebody that I think goes to college and, and wins somebody a national championship. I, I couldn't be more impressed with Justin Fields over the week. Oh, so close. So wrong. So wrong. He didn't win any national titles. <laughs> uh, I, I could kick that guy's ass for sure. <laughs> Bud, uh, you were on uh, – You that was July 2017. Um, did you feel as strongly about Justin Fields at that time? Do you remember what the – 
recruitment was like um, and, and sort of the vibe and your own read of him as a prospect. Again, in the same recruiting class as Trevor Lawrence, uh, but Trevor Lawrence, I believe, was already dialed into Clemson fairly early on, or at least he was not uh, come down the stretch kind of player quite like Fields. Yeah, so I, I I think you get a lot of recruits wrong, right, just in, in doing this. You're going to get a lot more right. But Fields was one that I, I really felt like I got right, and I got right early. Uh, I distinctly remember being – this would have been, I think, late February. We had the uh, the Nike opening camp back when it was still sponsored by Nike in Orlando. And there were a lot of quarterbacks there who already had offers. And Fields had not played much ball as a junior, and he was more of a – I would say more of a baseball guy, but he was you know kind of seen as a Willie Do baseball or, or a football type guy at the time. And, man, I got to tell you, like, I, I felt like – because I wasn't running a team site, I was just you know covering national, I wasn't just honing in looking at the guy that you know the team I covered had offered. And there were a lot of other dudes there, there who I knew at, at various networks – some of those networks not around anymore, um, you know, who they, they were kind of watching their guys. And like, are, are, am I nuts? Because this looks like somebody, you remember Honey, I Shrunk the Kids where, where, where they, they hit the guy with a ray and, and he grows back up, you know, at, at the end. Sorry to drop a spoiler here on, on Cover 3. Um, <laughs> From the 1992 looked, hit, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, so it, it, looked, it looked like somebody hit Russell, or hit Russell Wilson with that ray. I was like, damn, he moves in the pocket kind of like that. He's a baseball guy. He's got a big arm. He looks awesome in these drills running around and he, he's pretty accurate here. Like this is the best quarterback at, at this event and, and maybe the best player. And it really made me want to go back and watch more of, of his huddle stuff. And then he blew up like a month later and, and he had like all of the offers and it was just, it was kind of a, Whoa, this guy is this big and he's moving this fast and, and he's this accurate. So that uh, there was a legitimate debate uh, whether it should be him or Trevor. And I, I know, Trevor finished number one and he started number one, but for a, a couple, I think a couple weeks or maybe a couple months, uh, following that opening performance, 24 seven did have Justin Fields o- over Trevor. This, uh, also from the recruiting, uh, sort of recruiting area of expertise. This question comes from Ian. Uh, every team site makes asinine underrated claims about recruits like quote, He's a three-star, but only because he didn't get a Bama offer. He's really a four-star. The question is, are there any schools where this might actually be true? So we're looking for schools that, like, we, we think that they their recruits are rated higher because they go there or, 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 or the inverse? I think like, it's the inverse. I think they're, like, are there schools that, for whatever reason, um, you know, their, their players are underrated because – there it it's Iowa State and not Oklahoma. You know, you know, is it uh, is there any of that relationship uh, from the recruiting side that you've been able to see? So I, this kind of gets into a broader subject, which I, I put in our, our cover three topic stock this morning, um, and something I think we can explore more on this pod in the future. But re- recruiting rankings are better at the top, right? We we know this because they're a little bit easier to do, and more focus from the public is going to be on on getting those five and, and four stars right. I think the the balancing fit and talent matters a lot more at the lower ranks. At the top ranks, you get all the talent you can, and then you better fit your system to that talent because you're trying to win the national title. And we know, like, no matter how great your fit is and your culture, if you don't have like the, the dudes of the dudes, you're not winning at all. But I do think that, like, I, I I don't care about your recruiting class ranking as much if you're one of those teams that's outside the top 25, right? I think they're 
finding fit and finding your type of player within reason, within kind of your talent band, which is certainly wider uh, at, at those kind of mid and bottom levels. Uh, I, I would say that that fit matters more in, in those ranks. Now, I mean, fit matters everywhere, but you guys see what I'm saying here? Like, yeah. like recruiting to your system matters a heck of a lot. I would agree with that. I think that the the only time that I've I've probably seen the allegation with what you suggested initially, which is Bama offered him, so he got an extra star. And, you know, the, the same thing uh, on in, in college basketball too, you know, college football. Like if, if certain programs start getting interest, start showing a lot of interest, then they might end up getting uh, pushed up a little bit in the ratings and rankings. But I, I, can't, I cannot say with any expertise that that's actually true either. So I, I'm in our rankings meetings. I will tell you that that has never happened, right? Like we've never said, hey, Bama offered this kid. Let's, let's give him a bump. But I also think if you don't show a little bit of deference to the market and at least go and, and the market, meaning like the, like the, the marketplace of offers. Well, they are right? good. They are talent evaluators. They're some of the yes. best in like around, and that's why they got to where they are. I will absolutely say if, if some kid – who we don't have any stars on, all of a sudden gets a boatload of offers, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go back and take another look and say, wait a second, like, hey, have we not evaluated this guy yet? Then that's you know an easy reason to go back and look. But if you have some kid a two-star and then all of a sudden he picks up Bama, Ohio State, look, sometimes they do recruit two stars. Sometimes they recruit kids who, who bust out. And we've we've put three stars on their kids before, sometimes two stars. But you, I think it, it's smart as an evaluator to go back and at least take another look and see – did we miss something? Do they see something in this guy that we didn't see? Are they planning to use this player at a different position? Maybe, right? Like that, that kind of stuff is the same thing in gambling. What, what, what bets do, do you make that do the best? It's not the ones that you show your enormous edges on because most likely your system has missed something. If you should like the market is pretty efficient, especially in, in some of these bigger sports. If you have a 10 point edge, you probably miss something, man, like an injury or, or you, you have some kind of input wrong in your system. The ones that are doing well are ones where you have like a four or five point advantage, right? And that that's it's the same thing here. You need to pay attention to, to the marketplace of offers. Mm. The biggest sporting spectacle of the year is nearly upon us. We know everyone loves making their picks, no matter if you're a diehard fan or just tuning in for the big game. So we think you'll love this opportunity. Enter the CBS Sports Football Props game for your chance to compete for the $1 million jackpot. That's right, $1 million if you correctly answer all the questions and a guaranteed 50000 to the winner. And you can win all that money. How much do you have to risk? Nothing. It's free 99 to play. Football props. Just visit cbssports.com slash props or download the CBS Sports app to enter. Again, that is cbssports.com slash props. The CBS Sports football props game for the big game. Download the CBS Sports app to enter. Coming up on the other side, what young up-and-coming coach will be the next to win a national title? Plus, more from the Cover 3 vault next. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, this uh, question comes from Kyle. If you had to bet on one young up-and-coming coach to win a national title next, who would you choose? Love the show. Been a follower since episode one in 2017. So Kyle has listened to all 500 episodes twice. Thanks, Kyle. We appreciate it. Um, young up-and-coming coach. I've, uh, I've, I've got mine. I mean, Lincoln Riley's the obvious answer, right? Or Ryan Day. Or Ryan Day, yeah. That's I think. You, yeah, I think the conversation yeah, think starts Ryan with Day's, Lincoln yeah. Riley or Ryan Day. So that's the, like, what do we consider young and up and coming? Because like, can I? I said I under Dan- forty or so under forty-five. Like under forty. Ooh, I was gonna say I can't put Dan Mullen in the conversation. I don't think Dan. I think Dan Mullen uh, has had too much experience in college football for him to feel, you know what? He's not, he's not, uh, he he's might 48. Yeah. He's, he's not young, but he hasn't won a national title. That's, that's true. I feel like he's in position to, uh, yeah. Ryan day, Lincoln Riley, Ryan day's 41, by the way. So he like just barely even sort of hits the under 40 definition of young. I mean, I, I think Matt Campbell is an answer. Somebody wants. It's just, I don't think that's happening at Iowa state. So if Matt Campbell suddenly left and went to like Michigan or Notre Dame or something, then I think Matt Campbell enters that conversation. Well, I mean, Lincoln uh, Riley's been to three college football playoffs. Ryan day's been to two. Like that's you're, you're the one, you're the one who's knocking on the door at that point. Yeah. So I don't, <clears throat> who else besides those three though? Is James Franklin sneaky old? He is 48. Yeah, no, if Dan Mullen doesn't count, then neither does James Franklin. Yeah. Should we go 45 and under? I could, I would take that. What's the example? Kirby Smart. He's gone just as far as Ryan Day has. Oh, heck yeah. It's funny because Kirby is under 45, but he doesn't feel under 45. Yeah. So it, <laughs> like he, he it's, feels it's a name older. you've been hearing for so long that it's like, oh, that guy's got to be like almost 50. Um, since you mentioned him, we'll go ahead and hit this one for Robbie because he put it in there. And he also said, I love this pod so much. Does Kirby have the pieces in place this year? I guess we mean 2021 to finally get over the Saban slash assistant hurdle. If not him, then who could do it this year? And of course the Saban slash assistant hurdle, I'm interpreting this as the fact that Nick Saban has never capital and never been beaten by a former assistant. I think we're up to Owen 20 or Owen 21. Um, the other assistants that come to, I guess, Kirby would be in the SEC championship game. Uh, Jimbo, of course, will be in division play. Lane Kiffin will be in division play. Um, 
Am I missing any? Because we've got Pruitt out the paint, so he won't play yeah. him on the third Saturday in October. I mean, I feel like Lane's come closer than any of them so far, except for Kirby in the you know in the title game. It's just I feel like I lean Lane because we know Lane is going to play him. We don't know if Kirby's going to play him this year, so because of that, I lean Lane. Because of team, I would lean Kirby. I think I would lean Kirby, uh, ultimately. And, and I, I do think Lane, if he's going to get him, it would be this year. Uh, we, we know Alabama did lose a whole heck of a lot. Now, granted, they've recruited extremely well. And, and by the way, uh, as we talked about in the last podcast, or the last mailbag pod, or uh, not mailbag, but the recruiting one, Bama's probably going to sign the number one class of all time uh, on Wednesday. So good luck with that. Uh, but Kirby, they, they do bring back a whole lot. I think offensively, they, they should be a pretty good bit better. They got some pretty positive news overall about guys deciding to come back for, for either their COVID year or to not go to the NFL, uh, most notably Jamari Salyer on the offensive line. I, th- I thought that was a, a pretty big comeback for them. Um, and just if you recruit like they do, the, the odds are that one of these years it's all going to click. And maybe you can argue that that the year they made it to the title game was the year that it clicked. And and you know maybe they won't get back there. But I, I think that man, just the, the type of guys they recruit, I, I think the odds are pretty good that eventually he eclipses Nick. You know, one of these times he he's also as Tom mentioned, most of these guys when they play Nick, they get stomped. I mean, every time Jimbo's played Nick, he's gotten crushed. Like it hasn't been close. Sometimes it's been looked kind of close because they played such slow games, but. I mean, like they, they've not been, you know, in the fourth quarter with, with, with the ball with, with the chance to tie the game or anything like that. Like it just doesn't happen. At least Kirby's teams have been close at halftime, you know, close in the third quarter. It, I'll go Georgia here. Uh, speaking of Lane and uh, speaking of Ole Miss specifically, uh, as I was digging through old clips, I, uh, I found the very first reference to an iconic figure in the Cover 3 podcast, Locks Universe, the dentist. I got – so you, you come here f- for the expert analysis. Um, and sometimes the expert analysis is all about feedback and gathering feedback. And I talked to my dentist this week. And my dentist really likes Auburn – Laying points against Ole Miss. So do and I, but go on. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think my dentist has got me on board with that one. Uh, <laughs> my dentist isn't just any old dentist. He's a buddy, a, a good friend of mine from high school. We played football together. He went to Ole Miss. He's 5-1 and one this year on Ole Miss picks, and I think he's on the right side of this one again. And the what? more I've thought about this one uh, – the more I, th- I the more I think that this is a this is a layup, uh, an Ole Miss team that can't stop anybody, an offense that is trying to get right for Auburn, an Ole Miss defense that has laid down against the two good defenses or uh, Ole Miss offense has laid down against the two good defenses they played, and a Auburn defense that is very good. Um, my dentist pick of the week is Auburn minus three and a half. Lock it up. I agree with your dentist. This was almost a lock for me too. It's just, I wish you wouldn't have qualified him and just kept referring to him as your dentist. <laughs> <laughs> that dentist's name was Clark Lee. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to ask, like, wait, so if he if he's Barton's childhood friend and they played ball together and went to high school together, yeah, what's the chance that he's Miss. like he's Clark Lee's new dentist? <laughs> oh, he's, he's probably Clark Lee's dentist. Let's he, be real. Yeah. And is he on Vanderbilt's dental plan? Like these are these are what we need to know. Like Bar- Barton's got that new insurance. The so, uh, without a I'm, doubt, he could he's he should be uh, Clark Lee's new dentist right now. I thought you were going to suggest is Clark Lee the dentist, and I said no way because remember when the dentist went AWOL there for a little bit? He'd been playing too much golf during the pandemic. We weren't getting any good takes from the dentist. He, he wasn't as dialed in, which I understand. Everybody has their coping, but uh, but yeah, that wouldn't be Clark Lee. He's <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ammunition out there for people right now who want to figure out who the dentist is. <laughs> it's true, a lot of reasons. Uh, all right, uh, this is from the hold on, which, which LHS. Uh, LHS girls cross country. Congratulations to the Wildcats girls cross country high school, who is apparently the 2012 state champs, 2020 state runner ups and the 1920 region champs. Not even sure what LHS stands for, but they listened to the podcast and they said is their favorite pod by a long shot. What is the ultimate college town bucket list tailgating game atmosphere, fan experience, post game food, Et cetera. First of all, I feel like runner up for a cross country team is probably more of an honor than winning. Is that supposed to mean because it's the runner up? Come on, come on guys. Come on. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, What was the question? What's the ideal campus? So what's the ultimate college town bucket list? Um, Like some of the college towns that you would throw out there for, uh, suggestions. If, if someone was doing one of those, uh, Hey, during this football season, I'm, I'm going to go all across the country and, you know, hit these college towns. I've got some, I'm, I've got some here that include ones I have not been to, you know, like I, I think that you, you throw the, the Baton Rouge LSU football experience out there, done it. It is a hundred percent worth it. Totally lives up to everything. Um, but I have not been to Madison and I, I kind of think that going to a Wisconsin game in Madison. I've had friends do it. And obviously we've had colleagues who've gone to cover games there. It sounds like it's awesome. Um, You know, that's, I've I've been to uh, a game in Austin. It was a lot, you know, everything about going to a Texas game kind of feels jumbo sized all the way to like the 60 foot inflatable Corona bottle that they have. And the like 18 sponsored parties that you need nine wristbands to get into. It's a damn music festival out there, but Hey, congrats to business and the modern college sports uh, environment, I guess. Uh, I thought that Alabama for whatever reason, the thing that came to mind was the is WWE. Like everything about it just felt like big and intense and uh, oversized. I think that, my read on Auburn was a little bit slower and a little bit more like class reunion, you know, family uh, involved. Uh, <laughs> West Virginia, uh, Coca wants to make sure because that's got to be on a bucket list without a doubt. I have not been to a West Virginia football game, but I, I would throw that one on a bucket list for sure. What comes to mind for y'all? Uh, I mean, most of the SEC. Um, yeah, a lot of the ones you named, West Virginia would be fun. I've been to a lot in the Midwest. Those are fun. Like Big Ten campuses. Like 
I feel like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> we've got a lot of Indiana listeners, so I'll leave that alone. I feel like most Big Ten campuses are good for tailgating. Not all of them. Some of them aren't very good at all. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, Austin would be fun to go to, but I don't know if that's for the tailgating. I think I wouldn't mind just to see what it's like, because I, I, I don't think of the Pac-12 as a tailgating destination, but I think of Eugene as a nice town. So I wouldn't mind going to Eugene to see, just to get a sense of what that's like. I've never been there. I think Washington could be a lot of fun. And sailgating, right? You've got yeah. the sailgating opportunities at Washington. That would be cool. And it's like yeah. where it's set against the water is very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's not even for me, it's not like the actual tailgating scene as much as the scenery which is more always been more interesting to me. So like places like that. You guys said most of them. Um, I've, I've done LSU and multiple times. It's awesome, right? Like that, that's, that's great. Um, uh, I kind of agree with chip on Bama. Like I, I went to Bama for law school and it like, it's, it's fun, but it's, it's not like college towny fun as much. It's more like almost I don't say NFL game because the passion's off the charts, like it, it, but it, it's it's a little more corporate feeling. Um, I've done USC and, and UCLA. I I really want to go to Oregon and, and Washington. Um, I've never done Tennessee. Uh, I'd like to. Like, you you can sailgate there as well. The Vol Navy. Uh, I've done Morgantown Tennessee. It's cool. Is 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 pretty cool. Uh, I I thought Blacksburg. Like I wouldn't want to live there. I don't think, yeah. but like, like that was a cool game uh, that, that that I went to. It was a, a night game, twenty twelve, Florida State. EJ Manuel, uh, Rashad Green, um, go, go, go going and drinking some rails beforehand. That was cool. By the way, I don't think that place is as loud as NC State. If you want to talk, like I know that's kind of a hot take, but I've been to both, and like both for good games. And I think the way NC State is built, it's it's louder. It's, it's weird. I don't know if TV picks that up. Um, well, you know NC State, and this is like. Uh, it's something that is currently like a Dave Doran against the NC State fans disagreement, but NC State will still let you leave at halftime, and right. the stadium is out by the state fairgrounds, so the par- amount of parking around the stadium is really, really good, such that you can get to your car in less than a five-minute walk and be able to you know, go out there, enjoy halftime, and come back in all recharged. Dave Doran hates it because the start of every third quarter, the stands are empty, yeah. but if it's a close game... Uh, if it's a big game, were you thinking, were you in town for that, uh, like low scoring, I think Christian Ponder's the quarterback, uh, NC state wins on like a Thursday night. The one where the, uh, the larger gentleman is, is doing a helicopter with with the shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was like a 14, 13 game or 17, 14. It, it was a, it was a while. And like Florida state had the ball in scoring position and there was just a fumble and NC state falls on it to win the game. That was uh, Glennon. Right. Glennon, oh, Glennon, just so. throwing cross crossing routes. Yeah, yes. exactly. And that fan's name was Will Brinson. <laughs> I think his name is actually Jake Jams, and he's turned that appearance into a uh, mild local celebrity Twitter following. <laughs> so congratulations uh, to him. Uh, all right, I'm trying to to look here. The uh, I want I, I would really like to play have. Uh, Bud, did you listen to um, Barton talking about his adventures from Toad's Place? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. Do you do you mind if we just play it? Is that when he was the bouncer? Yes. Yes. But there was another part of the story that I had forgotten since I went back to it, and it is his life-saving, life-saving dancing 
and ability to win dance offs. So if you all indulge me, including listeners, I think that they'll enjoy it. Uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead. I've edited it down a little bit, but um, I'm, I'm just going to let this one rock. Had two friends who played at Yale shortly after Barton. I attended Yale Harvard about 10 years ago and Toad's place is still one of the most electric atmospheres I've been to. Would love to hear Barton's review of the new Haven watering hole and a top memory. Keep up the good work. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So, all right. Um, I'll give you two good memories from Toad's. So Toad's is the, that's like the place we went every Saturday night, no matter what, like there was no option. Like we just went to Toad's. Toad's is like a kind of a, bar dance spot but it's also this revered renowned you know music venue that's had a bunch of you know bob dylan from the 60s and like all these famous acts come through there through the years so i'll give you two toad stories all right first one is there there's in toads you walk in there's a bar there and there's a dance floor then there's a bar in the back and there were like the, the Yale crew would come in and they'd be in the front and the first half of the dance floor was kind of Yale people. Second half of the dance floor were like the townies, Quinnipiac, Southern Connecticut State, University of New Haven. They were like back of the dance floor and like back bar. And so typically the, it was pretty incident free between, between the two groups. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of meatheads on both sides of the room there. And so one the couple weeks in a row there was some, there was like a few there, there was like some fights between the Yelp people and the the local types and um the so like the next 99%. weekend was there was like all this build up for the next weekend like this was going to be the fight of all fights <laughs> like you know is this high school <laughs> sharks sharks versus jets or whatever yeah. like this was going to be oh mm. man like this is going to be this huge rumble this weekend like uh, like so like the whole night you know there's the kind of I don't know if sizing each other up because it wasn't sizing up, but more about just like tension of like, all right, when's, when's this thing going to break? And so the, uh, to the, you know, bar closes 3am, whatever it is. And like, that's when the fights typically happen. And like, so we're outside and there's like, starts to be some, some, some chirping and, uh, the, you know, one crew starts to go at it with the other crew. And, and I, you know, I was, I was, you know, in, involved. And, <laughs> and so, but I, but I can't remember, like, I guess I was just in a happy mood that night and I, I jumped in and challenged one of their guys to a dance off instead mm. and a techno acapella techno, uh, started <laughs> breaking out and we went back and forth with a dance off and I, I finished him with miming, uh, power clean, uh, to close it out. And it was like a little bit, he just didn't have anything else in his repertoire. Like he was just out of moves. And so I, I was carried out champion of the dance off, no fights, no injuries. I, I, the rest of the, the night I was on cloud nine. Cause I felt like I saved, saved lives that night. And then, I mean, unbelievable. I'm a, we've got more to go, but like he saved the ski resort. He saved lives. Okay. Here's my, my, the second story is so like, and we used to bounce there for, uh, concerts just for some extra money. And one night, uh, my favorite concert I bounced for was Slayer. You guys familiar with Slayer? Very familiar. Yes. (laughs) So Slayer. So there's that front bar, right? 
and they they put a chain link fence up in the middle of the the like floor to ceiling chain link fence in the middle of the bar like to to separate that first bar area to the dance floor because they wanted to allow under 21s in so like teenagers could get in but they couldn't get in the drinking side of the chain link fence so first of all slayer is an insane show like like not to uh, alienate any of our Satan worshiping listeners, but Slayer is like the worst of the worst. Like in terms of just like the stuff they're saying on stage, the stuff they're doing on stage, like incredible what's going on up there. And so, and the, and the crowd is bananas, like nuts. Like, and the whole time your stage front and all these these Slayer fans are climbing, trying to jump on the stage. I don't know what they're trying to do up there. So we we have f- free reign to just take these people and these like satanic, like face painted people, and just beat the hell out of them to get them <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> like we were we were we were going like ham on these kids, throwing them off the stage, and then but then at the middle of the, the concert, the the teenagers start going nuts. And they start climbing this like chain link fence and trying to rip it down. And at one point, literally, there's like the, like the the bouncers, like the five of us, we're all football guys that just were you know doing it on the like a side. We're not professionals. We're literally like holding this chain link fence with these rabid, angsty teenagers trying to get over it to start like crushing the Slayer concert. And it, the fence eventually like just rips apart. The teenagers flood in. It's mayhem. We all survive, but like. That was like the most intense, awesome experience ever. Just like bouncing the Slayer concert. <laughs> I that's one of the. I me- think that was the. I think it was the. I think it was the. God hates us all tour, if I'm not mistaken. The uh, not rain and blood. Not rain and blood. It was right. It was. It was right. You know, Christ. Uh, Christ illusion came out in tw- 2006. God hates us all came out in 2001. I feel like it was around 2001. The I he knew the discover I, the, the discography. Mm-hmm. He had it down. Barton's a big Slayer fan. Incredible. I mean, you know, some sometimes you you got to just uh you got to save lives with the uh, you you got to save lives with the dance off and sometimes you got to take souls at a Slayer concert. Now I'm starting to feel bad if Vanderbilt finds that out. Like we had buried it in July and, just, and now we're just bringing it right back uh, to the forefront. Uh, Tom, Jack Crosby asks, what is it going to take for Tom to love me? Ooh. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, Jack Crosby. Uh, I love you, Jim. Okay. All right. Uh, Coming up later this week, we will have the National Signing Day Instant Reaction Show on Wednesday night. Later in the week, uh, look for a overnight Thursday publish on it. So make sure you're subscribed to the Cover 3 Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It it will be our Super Bowl show, taking a look at the many college angles of Super Bowl 55, which, of course, you can see on CBS. You can follow him on Twitter, at BudElliott3. You can follow him, at Tom Fernell. You can follow me, at Chip underscore. Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.
now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.